Welcome to the Staff Lounge Podcast. Um, today we're going to be talking about something that's been all over the news with education, which is um, the lack of substitutes and how that is being solved by different districts. But first we're going to talk about interview questions, Marcy? Yeah. Well, we're going to talk about, I'm going to share with you the top five most common teacher interview questions. And then I'm going to ask you, like, which one was your, do you think is the most important? Are there some that you should, you think should be in there instead? Now, we've both been on our fair share of interview teams, and it's not just five questions, right? Let's just get that out there first. But here are the top five most common ones. Um, Number one, why did you decide to become a teacher? Clearly, it's not the pay, so there's got to be another reason. Uh, Number two, what is your teaching philosophy? Number three, why do you want to work for this school? Number four, why do we teach such and such, like this subject, you know, um, science or astronomy or whatever in, in, in school? And number five is how do you evaluate your students? So what one of those five do you think is the most legitimate question? Oh, man, I was thinking about the least legitimate question. Oh, okay. So let's go with the least legit then. Um, right off the bat, I was thinking, like, I don't know if I've ever been asked, like, why is teaching blank so important? You know, like, I don't even like I having my SPED interviews, I've never had. Why is teaching kids with disabilities important? Like, I think it's assumed that that is important. It kind yeah. of seems like a waste of a question to me. So, so I was thinking when I was reading it out loud to you, maybe they're talking about why is SEL important? Or maybe why is, you know, um, you know, teaching um, cursive handwriting important? I mean, we all have handwriting grades, but some people don't teach cursive. They're just giving a handwriting grade for printing. You know what I mean? But are you going to base hiring someone on that kind of an answer? Um, no. Let me just go down to where it elaborates a little bit. Sure. If you're interviewing for a position that requires you to teach a single subject. Oh, okay. So there so you go. So not elementary. Yeah. You can use this question to discuss what you believe is significant significant for your subject and demonstrate how the school students would benefit from learning it. So if, if you're a math teacher, like math is critical because blah, blah, blah. Well, and I can see that if you're applying to be like the gym teacher or the art teacher, like that's definitely sure. Like a more specific thing. I can get that. I still feel like for things I've interviewed for that, that wouldn't really be a relevant question. Right. The other one I was thinking is, I don't think I've been asked about my philosophy. Man, probably in like 15 years, like I feel like that kind of went out of, went out of the rotation of the like keyword they're looking for, you know? So I could see asking the philosophy if you had a very specific kind of school that you were interviewing for. Oh yeah, like if you were going for an ABC school or if you were doing like one Mm -hmm. of a Winterberry type of Right. You know, we're not. Yeah. Winterberry, I think, is the one that has no tech. Right. And it's like out in nature and doing stuff, I think. Yeah. So I think that that's what they would be going for. Or Montessori. Yeah. Yeah. But I remember at one point, 15 to 20 years ago, I mean, everyone wanted your philosophy and like your principal would ask you to think about it and like 
can you turn in your philosophy and like really, you know, update it? And right. That's just become more passe now. Well, except I know there are some schools like the one I retired from where we had to turn in our philosophy. Yeah, but that's someone who was kind of stuck in the. Okay. <laughs> okay. It's an old, old oak. That's what I'm hearing. Um, so I would like to switch it up and say, what questions do you think should be here that aren't? And, and I'm going to say, we don't need to take one out. Maybe question six, you think this one would be the most important thing to find out. I mean, I really think, especially this year, like most things I'm reading online from teachers are talking about the extreme behaviors we're seeing from kids now. Yeah. And um, I really think that how you would um, run your classroom and what your beha- like your behavior management style and being able to articulate that would be really important when I'm hiring someone because I need to know that they would be able to um, handle a classroom, build a community, and have a good behavior management system in place. Right. I... I totally agree. I, you know me. Everybody here knows me. I am huge on classroom management. I mean, um, I don't care if you're the best math teacher in the world. If you can't get the kids to listen and respect to you, then right. it doesn't matter. Absolutely. You can be the worst teacher in the world. And if your kids are producing, they're going to make some progress. Yeah, for sure. Um, that being said, I think my question six would pull in communication. How, how do you communicate with parents? Um, whether it, and it could be an ABC kind of an answer. How do you communicate with parents who are supportive? How do you incorporate parents in your classroom? Um, maybe it's how do you uh, communicate with families? Do you communicate like with a weekly note or a monthly newsletter or do you send out emails? Do you make phone calls? Like being able to have people feel like you care and feel like you are vested in the communication process is critical. Yeah, for sure. You can't make a correction in a family dynamic about a kid if you don't have some kind of positive communication as well. And I think along with that, like not just communication with family, but communication with our fellow staff members is also something that it's really good to ask about. Like, how do you handle difficult people? How do you work with someone that maybe you don't get along with? You know, like I would word it differently, but um, that's also really important because in the teaching field, we have to work with all kinds of people. Yeah. And, I mean, um, yeah. In my last, not my last interview for my private school job, but in my interview, coming, going to the school I retired from, I had that question. I I remember it like yesterday because my sixth grade teaching partner, Katrina, was sitting next to me. And at that time, she was a fourth grade teacher. And I remember looking her in the eye and saying like, because she read the question and it said, how do you deal with difficult communication or conflict? And I looked at her and I said, with students or And she looks at me and she just kind of looked at me and she says, no, with other staff members. And I was like, well, this is exactly how I answered it. This is not high school. If someone's got a problem 
with me. They need to come talk to me. If I have a problem with you, I'll come talk to you. And she was like, oh, good, good answer. Everybody kind of laughed when I was like, this is not high school. Well, no, clearly it was high school. But I answered the question correctly. Um, Yeah, I think it's an important one. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it's kind of like living in a neighborhood. You can't pick your neighbors per se, but you have the ability when you interview to talk to people, you know, your classroom neighbors, and it's important for you to be able to work together. I was driving home from school the other day and there was some kind of interview. uh, It was like a counseling thing on the radio. And this lady was like, so I'm interviewing to teach in a public school. I have two offers that I've been given. And she says to the guy, one of them is in a neighborhood that I absolutely love. It's near my house. It's my dream location. But I didn't get a good feeling from the principal. And the other one, I have to drive about 45 minutes. I am teaching my my grade level that I want. But I really got a good welcoming feeling from the principal. And the guy's like, then what's the problem? You know, like, why would you even hesitate? Your gut is going to teach you, you know, more than anything. And and she was like, well, I really don't want to have to drive that far. And he said, are you going to want to teach there for very long? Because you're not going to stay where your gut isn't telling you to go. And it was like, wow, you're right. You know, your, your first impressions really do count. Oh, for sure. And he also, in closing for this top five, he did say, you need to communicate with some of the teachers, Google the school, look at their staff, email their staff, and just say you interviewed, you've been offered a job, but how do you, how do you feel about working at this place? Like, just call it out. People are going to appreciate your honesty. And it's like, huh, would I have been honest with some stranger, total random person about my workplace at my previous workplace. (laughs) I don't know how I would answer it because, you know, here's the deal. It's in writing. I would give them my phone number and they would need to call me. I don't want my answer in writing. Yeah, that's that's what what I was was just thinking thinking too. And like, I definitely definitely would not respond over school email, you know, like. No. So anyway, let's get to what we were going to talk about today. Lack of substitutes in our district and in the nation. Like, we're... I mean, it's a topic everywhere. I read it every day in the news. Yeah. I mean, and other countries. Yeah. Um, I mean, Omicron is coming through and we are dropping like flies. Yeah. Uh, Just so people know, uh, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday of last week, well, now a week ago or so from when when we post this, but in in... The week of December 10th, or I mean January 10th, we had 4,500, 4,500, and 5,500 positive new cases each day. Well, they were two-day totals. Oh, were they? Okay, well, that makes me feel better. Yeah, but a couple thousand each day. Yeah, I mean, devastating compared to the first rounds, right? Oh, yeah. And a couple thousand for us in Alaska is pretty huge. Yeah. So here's what has happened. School district, uh, the main school district, yours, um, 
put out there that they may be having to close down uh, for this coming week. I didn't hear that that actually happened. So no, it did not happen. Rip. Um, but they have so many classes that are unfil- have unfilled supervisory positions that they've asked support staff like um, security, IT, I know for sure, um, some other uh, like totem employees to step in and substitute in places that are un- have unfilled teaching positions. Correct. Uh, yeah. So, so basically... basically- as all of these gen ed classroom teachers and like special ed teachers like myself who have classrooms, as we get sick, they're filling our positions first with these subs, super subs who have been awesome and on deck all year. And then they're pulling from other parts of staff and we're getting down to really the bare bones where TAs are being used, the principals are being pulled, you know, as a last resort, it seems like. Um, Teachers who have student teachers, they're being pulled and their student teachers are being left with their class. Like everyone's being pulled to go other places. And I've seen that this is happening nationwide. And it isn't creating this um, great classroom environment where kids are necessarily learning. You know, why not take some time off instead and get our regular staff healthy and back at school? Yeah, Uh, here's what's happening in a different scale. This is like my Venn diagram of my mind, okay? So we have classrooms that need to be having adults supervising. We have um, adults who are in other fields in the district who are salaried, um, who are now being asked to sub in a classroom and still receive their salary, which okay, it's their salary, but hold on a second. Some of these people are making three, $400 a day sitting and subbing in a classroom. And that's offensive to everyone. I, I would be sad to be a super sub right now and be having somebody else subbing, making double what I'm making daily. Yeah, I, And, and I feel for everyone in this situation. We cannot not have kids unsupervised. But the difficulty is the district is not has not solved the teacher pay problem. Um, arbitration is what over, and they're going mediation to the next. Is oh, over. mediation is over, and so now they're going to the next step. But meanwhile, these teachers who are on half of a year of no contract now are their positions are being replaced by the local IT guy. And yeah, but I mean, go across ahead. the country though, I mean, they're pulling in parents, parents yes. who have, you know, people with no school background at all are being brought in to sub because we can't have teachers. I just, the part that really bothers me is that this is all under the pretense that kids need to be in school. It's what's best for them. But is it if it's someone who has zero no idea what they're doing? Yeah. And they're probably just showing a movie or giving the kids a packet to do. Like, I just, I hate the idea that they were like, oh, but kids are in school. 
well, thanks for making me just feel like a babysitter. Well, and that's the biggest picture. That's the over, that's the circle that's the perimeter of the page, right? With all these other things inside. Um, I'm pretty proud of the education I have got as an adult to be able to do the, complete the profession that I'm doing, that I've chosen. As a teacher, I mean, I'm proud of my knowledge and I'm proud to share with other people what we can do with our instruction. A random person stepping in, and we're not just talking for a day. If a teacher is positive, they're gone for at least five days until they're beyond their symptoms. And in some districts across the nation, there is a kind of like our health screener check-in that they are having to do. My son's school district canceled Friday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, I believe, because the system that the teachers who are coming back from being sick have to go through this screening is so backlogged. Somebody's doctor gave them a yellow light. The district has to give them the green light, but the district can't get to them. So their position is unfilled because they can't go back into the classroom until the district gives them the green light. So they're so backed up and so many uncovered positions that in order for the district system to catch up, they had to take five work days off. Wow. Yeah. So, I, I mean, this this is not just here. This is everywhere. everywhere. And I think we're forgetting, like, yes, parents can go to work and their kids are taken care of, but our instruction is more than, than just daycare. And, you know, I think some stuff's been clouded with some of the virtual possibilities that people have been given. Some of it is just daycare. Um, but I'm worried about where the importance of being face to face is if, first of all, we're not giving people all the numbers in our buildings. So people have this misunderstanding of how, you know, COVID safe your building is. And then to just have random people showing up so that they can show the video makes me question the the liability. I mean, okay, let's just back up a second. Ten years ago, before before we even knew the word COVID, um, we couldn't have people on vacation or in trainings all in the same day. Your building can only, by guideline and safety, safety protocol says only 10% or less of your um, supervision can be a substitute. Right. I remember that. This is not happening at all now. No. 10% in some buildings is maybe two people. 10% in my building right now is one person. And our one person has been out. She hasn't been back since Christmas. Yeah. I'm, it's just a mess and I don't see it getting better without, I don't know what the answer is, but we need to get everybody healthy and out of the germ factory that is our buildings. Well, um, is your, (laughs) is your building still doing all the spraying and everything that was put in place during the initial COVID concern? I mean, we're supposed to be like I do in my room, but I don't know that everybody is, you know, we're told all the time, make sure you're still sanitizing and spraying tables, but I don't Hmm. know that anyone's policing it. 
Yeah, um, I found out last week that the understanding in buildings, by the way, is that the contagion comes from your mouth and your nose particles that lots of buildings are not even spraying anymore. They're not, you know, wiping down the desks or tables when kids are gone. They're not sanitizing in the evening, the door handles and such. I mean, I remember my last year in public school, I was literally sanitizing the door handles. We were supposed to keep our doors open so kids weren't having to touch. Touch points were mitigated. That isn't happening anywhere that I know. Oh, yeah, no, I doubt that's happening. So with how contagious this is, I guess my question is why? Couldn't tell you. Yeah. I don't understand why they're making the decisions they're making for sure. But yeah. it's it seems very ridiculous. Well, um, I just want to say I feel like if I had to put the top two important things being a teacher, um, I would say safety was the top one for me. Um, we're teaching safety protocols. We're teaching health. We're teaching... And, and then it's our curriculum and our instruction. And I feel like some people are forgetting that we're trying to take care of little people at the same time. And it's more of a, how can we crank out getting back to make people feel comfortable because we're back to normal. We're not back to normal. I mean, let's talk to some of these people who've just been sick or who are currently sick or who are working in the medical profession, let's look at teachers. We're not back to normal. No. Well, and honestly, there isn't going to be a back to normal. No. And that's why, you know, people higher up need to realize and we need to start making changes because school's not going to be able to be the same as it always was. Just like going to a restaurant isn't always going to be the same or, you know, going out and going to a movie. Like all of these things are going to be different now. Yeah. And we just need to come to grips with that as a, you know, as a world, I think. Well, we need to just come Honestly. to grips with it as families, as extended communities, as we need to be understanding that. And people are too busy trying to take their masks off and put their blinders back on as to how this is actually transmitting. Yeah. Anyways, um, I'm, I'm concerned about education. I've always been concerned about education, but this misguided uh direction that we're in for you know keeping people in school as quickly and as fast as we can oh i want to update you last week we had a meeting as a staff and i did it bring up the um cdc guideline bullet point about kids coming back after five days but they need to be wearing their mask and they need to not be eating with others yeah um, that was just swept under the floor. Yeah. I mean, I mean not, I not even under the carpet. It. It's under the floor. We're, we're talking yeah. basement. They're allowed to come back and eat just as they were before. And I don't understand. I don't understand it either. I, yeah. I mean, if we're talking about, let's just take COVID off the table here. And let's just say we're doing a math story problem. And I read the first two sentences of four and I just do my work based on those first two sentences, my problem is going to be wrong. Oh, yeah, for sure. That's what we're doing. And just doing. like following, 
Yeah, we're following half the guideline. Correct. And I don't think people get it. People aren't, I don't understand it. I literally brought that up to a room of educators, uh, our administrator and our building, you know where I'm going with that, our building leader. And no one responded. They, it was like, um, we don't want to hear it. Okay, let's go on to the next step. They want to do whatever seems easy, which mm-hmm. is just letting people come back after five days. Yeah. I will say that I was witness to two kids coming back uh, after five days of COVID. One still had it. One still was showing symptoms and you could tell they felt horrible. And the family works in the medical field and they were un- unreachable. Like, it's not so Come on. Anyway, I worry for the country. I worry for the kids because you know what? Bottom line, kids are looking at us as role models and looking at how we respond to the seriousness of things. And what yeah. we're showing them is not appropriate. I agree. So we have a lot of work to do, girl. Educators, yes. pull on your big girl pants because we're going to have some some hills to climb. Right? Yeah, for sure. Okay. We've got this. We do together. Keep talking to people. Keep asking for support if you need support. Know that there are people out there who will help you. Legitimately, anybody who knows us knows that they can text, email, Facebook message. However you need to get a hold of us, we're here. And lean on other people you know in your buildings, for sure. Absolutely. Okay, guys, thanks for listening to us gab about the lack of subs and how we're going to handle this. Um, We'll talk to you soon. Have a good week. Bye-bye.